Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. But for me, that was really the hardest part is that transitioning between them always being there and, you know, all right, they're supposed to be home at this time and they're, all right, they're not home yet. And to that wondering, what are they doing? You know, we've spent time raising them and now they're off doing it. And it's slightly terrifying. It's more than slightly terrifying. Um, and it's so nice when they come home and, you know, get to visit with us and everything. Our, our son's coming home in a couple weeks. As you know, our daughter's getting married in just over a month. And uh, so the stage to empty nesting was a transition that was hard, but it was awesome. Once you get used to it, I know people said to me, once you realize like everything is good, you're going to love having the house back. And it's true. I love, like, love the quiet time and having them, but it was hard when they first left. And I would have to just uh, allude to that as well. Um, when uh, our son left for college, it wasn't just like he was you know, going to college close to home. He went to uh, Minnesota. So I knew I wasn't going to be seeing him in a long time. And um, we'd all sit around the table in the evening and have our, our supper together. We called it supper. I know you all here call it dinner. And uh, he was the, he was the um, comedian. He made us laugh constantly. In fact, I thought he would be a comedian someday when he <laughs> grew up, but he chose to be a pastor. Uh, I guess that's one and the same. <laughs> uh, but he was always making us laugh. And when he left, it was such a void. Now it was just Jerrica, Rick and I. But suddenly, Jerrica came in on her own, and she was making us laugh. I never knew she had that kind of sense of humor. She was constantly making us laugh. And even today, she's a real quick wit with uh, things. But the one thing I will say about, it was, it was a loss for us. And then when she went off to college, where she went to Minnesota too, I worried more about her being gone, but yet I knew her brother was there to look after her. Um, but he was kind of interested in his own thing, so he didn't look after her too well. But, <laughs> but one thing I will say that um, then when the dinner time came, here sits Rick, here sits me, and I look at him and said, now you've got to make me laugh. <laughs> but the one thing I will say about when Jerrica left, it was, um, it was almost like a mini vacation too, because I was running her everywhere all the time. And it was like, phew, I don't have to go anywhere today. But uh, yeah, it was an adjustment, a real adjustment. So I don't have empty nesters, so my children are still here, still living with me. And um, so for me, my transition was basically going from not having children, just you know, me and my husband, to all of a sudden having children, to all of a sudden not being able to sleep whenever I want, to be able to shower when I feel like I need to shower, to be able to eat when I want to eat. That was like a, it's a huge transition for anyone that has children. I'm sure you don't remember going back to you. It's not something that you think about because it's just such a joy that you have these children that you've wanted. Like for me, my entire life, I always wanted to have children. So when 
I finally convinced my husband that we could have children. <laughs> and I finally, we finally had our son. And it was just, it was such a joy for me to finally be able to have children that even the sleepless nights and only going off of two hours of sleep and only showering every couple days, you know, it was so worth it. And it, it was just such a joy for me. And to even see, you know, as your children grow, you're still going through different stages, even though like right now we're just representing having children at home, empty nesters and grandkids. As your children are growing, you're still going through stages because your children are growing up and you're having different stages of their life where they're babies. They can't communicate with you. They can't talk to you. Then they start being able to say funny little things. And, you know, now they're older and they say things that maybe you don't want to hear. And, you know, it's just different stages that we're going through as they're getting older. But it's just such a joy to see every single stage that you go through. And one of our things that we're talking about is finding joy in those different stages. So what the next question I have for you is, how did you find joy in each of those stages that you've gone through? I'll go first, because I think I'm the shortest on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, every stage was joyful for me. I'm a very happy person, and uh, I enjoyed every stage. Um, it uh, is... <laughs> um, what, what, what did I say earlier? I don't remember what I said earlier. Yeah, that's I enjoyed every stage. And I always think of that scripture, um, the joy of the Lord is, is my strength. And I know in raising my children, our children, um, I would turn to the Lord often and uh, just ask for his strength in, in the different situations that would arise. And uh, he was always faithful, always helped us through. I couldn't remember what question we were on. I started thinking about my answer, and I was like, wait, what question are we on? <laughs> this is not easy up here. <laughs> I'm also in that stage where I can't remember things. Um, joy in each stage, you just have to learn to find it when sometimes things are, are difficult. When they're little and they're crying, like how I said, they're, you're tired, you have to find joy somewhere. Um, when they're teenagers... And you're working through teaching them to be like a functioning human in society, <laughs> which when they're teenagers is so hard to do. But you have to like just find the joy, laugh at the things that they do. Um, don't laugh, you know, at them, you know. But try to find the joy in the things that they do. And the same thing, I feel like it's almost. For me personally, it's been easier to find joy in this stage of empty nesters. Can you can look back and you can say, okay. You know, we made it. They're, uh, they're, they're good kids. They're good adults. They're not kids anymore. And there's so much joy just in each and every stage. You just have to find the little places to look for it and uh, focus on those. If you focus on the fun things and the joy, then the hard times don't seem as difficult. Just find the joyful times. Yeah, kind of off of what Dory was saying is I was just thinking – you're not going to have joy every single day. Like, it's, yeah. it's hard. Raising kids is hard. I don't care what anybody tells you. Because, I mean, one day to the next, you don't know how they're going to be. Our kids are living in a completely different era now. Um, they're affected by so many different things. Uh, and it, you just don't know. Like, we know in our house, from one day to the next, I don't know if my kid's going to wake up and be super happy, Mommy, I love you, and then, or just... I don't want to get out of bed. I don't like the world today. I don't want to do anything. And, and it's just, 
it's just how kids are. They're, they're changing, they're going through different things, and I'm just trying to, as my kids are getting older, finding joy in different things. I loved being pregnant. I absolutely loved being pregnant. I loved when my kids were little. I loved having them lay on me. It was one of my favorite things. I loved when they you know, started talking and walking, and it was just so much fun seeing how they've changed and how their personalities were like. And I think when you have children, you imagine, this is what I think my kid's going to be like. My daughter is going to be just like me. And, you know, that's what you, like, hope and want and never, ever expect that your daughter is going to be exactly like your husband, like to a T. <laughs> and I say to my husband when he gets frustrated with her, how does it feel to get upset with yourself? How does it feel to watch yourself grow up? It's so, like, it, I just look at him. And I'm like, these are the things that you do when you're getting frustrated with them. But it's, it's, it's just, it's joyful for me. I love watching Michaela grow up. And I think this is what it must have been like for Wes and Becky to watch Justin grow up. And it's just, I just find joy in every area of our lives. And we just, so my husband's going to love this story I'm going to share. So yesterday, this was my joy yesterday. Um, we were out at Target, and Michaela has baby dolls, loves her baby dolls, takes them with her everywhere. So she had a baby doll. She put it in the shopping cart, and we were looking at something else. And Justin goes, and he starts to go look at Mother's Day cards. And my friend Paula is talking to him, and I walk over to them, and she's like, why is your husband pushing a doll through the store, and nobody's with him? I thought he was shopping by himself with a baby doll in the store. <laughs> and I was just like, Ugh. And there's our joy. We found joy in the frustration that he gets frustrated sometimes because Michaela just always has so much stuff. But there was our joy in that. So it's just, it, sometimes it's hard to find joy in things that you're going through in your life, especially when it's struggles with your kids. And you just have to, I, I kind of remind myself that this too shall pass. Even when there's hard times, it will pass. And you're going to miss those times. You're going to miss the times with your children being home and, you know, getting them dressed and changing their diapers and all that stuff. You are going to miss that time with them. Um, so what was your favorite stage? Um, I think I enjoyed all the stages, to be honest with you. Um, but my, probably my favorite, I know this might seem strange, is where I'm at right now. I really love uh, being a grandparent. Um, I, there's nothing like your grandkids just running because you're there. Ama, apa! And just hugging them and kissing on them and doing for them, making their favorite foods. They get so excited. You know, Roman just turned 17, and what he wanted for his birthday was Oreo Heavenly, uh, Heavenly Oreo Dessert. I don't know if any of you have heard of that, but it's got about seven layers, and so it's, it's time-consuming to make. Yeah. <laughs> When's your birthday? Is it? Fibber. <laughs> and, and so I made that for him, and he was just so elated, you know. And it gives you purpose. Uh, at this stage in your life when you have grandchildren. And just to tell you, they, they say the cutest things. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and Ava is six. And she came home from school one day, and she said, Ama, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and I said, you do? What's his name? She goes, I haven't found that out yet. <laughs> uh, so I, I really enjoy this stage. It's a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. I think like each stage you're in, like when my kids were little, you were like, There's, this is so much fun. I love this stage. I, I can't imagine what the next stage is going to be like. And then you're in that next stage and you're like, oh my gosh, I love this stage. 
I can't imagine what the next stage is going to be like. <laughs> and that even goes from like, you know, infants to toddlers to, mm -hmm. you know, adolescents to teenagers. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do? And to kind of relate it to, you, you know, I work in a school and my third graders are go, will go, how am I going to do this next year? They, they do such hard work in fourth grade. They do just, do just hard work in fifth grade. And I'd say, you're not there yet. We're training you now for what you're going to learn next year. It's going to be okay. And it's kind of the same thing with the staging of parents. Like each stage that you go through, you're enjoying it, but yet you're terrified for the next stage. But you make it through. You all make it through. And you just keep working through. Um, I enjoyed all the stages. I think my favorite stage is the stage they're in right now because they're, they're adults. They, they communicate with you like adults. They can reason like an adult. Um, they come to you because they trust you because you've built that relationship with them. Uh, grandparenting is around the corner in a few years, I'm hoping, but I'm looking forward to that stage as yes, well. Yes, you will love that. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite stages was when my kids were really little. I loved when my kids were little, like especially babies. I loved, my kids always, when I, if I had them sleeping on me all the time, because I just loved it. I loved when they were little, but like Dory said, I mean, all your stages are different, and I can't say that I'm not gonna like another stage more. I do, I love that the stage that my kids are in right now, because they're older, and um, I love being able to do things with them, just the two of them getting to know their personalities that are changing regularly, and um, they just change so much, and um, it's just, one of the things that Dory said is when she was talking about the kids in school is preparing them for the next stage is that I'm trying to focus on the stage that my kids are in right now and helping them to um, deal with situations when they get a little bit older. So any situation that they're having now, finding a way to help them deal with it now so that when they get into their next stage of life that they'll be able to handle those situations on their own and they won't need us to, you know, to help them with that because that's ideally what you want your children to do. You want them to not need you. As much as you love having your kids need you for things, you know, it's, it's nice to not have to hear, hey, mommy, can you come wipe my butt? It, you know, it's nice to be past those stages and you, and you want to train your children to be past those stages. Definitely so past that stage. That's wonderful to hear. That's, that's good. And poor Ginny's was recently probably back in that stage. <laughs> with grandkids but that's the thing like you're learning it all over again so you've already been past that stage so now you're like all right this is what you do let's move it along you know you can learn to do this yourself um but i i have enjoyed all my stages too but i, I did love when my children were really little um what advice would you give to parents who are in your stage right now uh, i would give the advice just to be thankful that your your children talk to you and be thankful that your children want to come home and spend time. I know sometimes you're like, uh, I had something planned this weekend and, you know, they're going to come home. And, but be happy. They, not every child wants to go home. Not every child wants to spend time at home with their parents. And it's a blessing to have kids that want to come home. And it's, it's so nice to be able to talk with them. And one of the things we used to do when we were around the kitchen table is we called it story time. We would say, hey, I have a story and we would tell a story about our day. But now they text us and they'll say, hey, I have a story. So it's neat that we've kind of taken that same thing that we used to do around the table and still carried that on through their adult lives. And my daughter will play this game because she's, she's a teacher. Guess this word and it'll be a spelling of a word from one of her students and 
you know, she's like, all right, guess what this word is that they're trying to spell, and we'll all send different. She's like, nope, nope, nope. And uh, so we still continue that stage and just be thankful, you know, be thankful that they come home. I love, I love just to be able to talk with them. And one of the things I was thinking about as we were sitting here is also I think we represent three different stages of technology. Yes. Three yeah. different stages of technology. And being able to navigate the technology world can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Like, Ginny, I'm not sure what the technology, you know, I don't think your kids probably had any technology growing up. No. Uh, we had computer internet. Did you have? We had AOL dial-up. AOL dial-up. Kelly, yes, Kelly. We had AOL dial-up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, But yes. Not, nothing like. Nothing no. like now. Now, my kids were at that age where the cell phones were like middle school and even trying to ha like navigate that. Um, and then Kelly, you know, her kids have had technology since they were, you know, born. born. Um, but it's neat to be able to use technology, and that's one of the things I am thankful for for this time with our kids. We FaceTime with them. Yeah. And it's so nice. Even though they're far away, we can still mm -hmm. find that joy in them calling and FaceTiming with us, and uh, it's been awesome to be able to do that as well. Yeah. And, and your grandchildren, they can FaceTime you, which is so much fun. I get a, a FaceTime from Ava quite often, especially if she has an owie, and uh, she has to show me her owie. And I'll say, oh, my goodness, do you want me to pray for you? She goes, no. And so then we're, we're talking a little while later, and I said, well, you want me to pray for you? No. And um, we continue to talk, and finally I asked her one before I hang up. I said, well, Ava, can I pray with you? She goes, okay. <laughs> Don't know what that is all about, but uh, she, she goes there. Um, my advice uh, to, I would just like to know, how many grandparents do we have sitting out here? Can you raise your hand up? Well, I have no advice for you, because <laughs> you are exactly where, you know, where I'm at. And, um, but I would say that if you're awaiting to be a grandparent, um, I could just say, just, I know you're going to enjoy it. And you, you probably hear this from everybody. It's just great being a grandparent. I remember hearing that when, before I, you know, when I was a mom, young mom, um, how great it was to be a grandparent. And I would think, why? You know, I just couldn't fathom their excitement over it. But when you become one, you know why. It is just the greatest thing to love on your kids. And like I said, they make you laugh, and it just gives you purpose at this stage in your life to enjoy them. Um, one thing I would say is um, at this age, with my kids being the age they are, to have patience, it's hard to say. Almost <laughs> missed Sorry. <laughs> my foot fell asleep and my shoe fell off. <laughs> Sorry. That's what that thump was. It's my shoe somewhere down there. Sorry, Kelly. It's I okay. apologize. It's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, just try to have patience with your kids. It's hard to say, say that. Um, but, I mean, our world is just so different now than it has been when I was, definitely when I was a kid. It's so much different. Um, like Dory was saying, the technology is different, which... I don't care what anybody says, it affects your kids. When your kids have too much screen time, and I pretty much can, if you haven't noticed this, take the screen away from your kids for a couple days, 
I guarantee you, you will see a difference. Guarantee it. Because it's, it definitely affects your kids. It's something with their, in their brain. I don't know what it is, but it just, we, we have to, we can see that with our kids when they've had too much screen time, whether it's TV, the iPad, their phones, like whatever. Um, it, it definitely affects your kids and it can change the way that they are. And, and a lot of times that will cause you to not have as much patience. And you really need to listen to what your kids are saying to you without them saying it to you. We were talking about this downstairs that a lot of times um, Dory had mentioned that when they were real little, she's like, I didn't really like it because you know they'd be crying. I didn't know what they want. Just tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. My kids are eight and 10. They can be crying and I can say, what's wrong? And they still don't know. I, we, you as an adult, I'm sure have had times where you just cry and somebody will say, are you okay? What's wrong? I don't know. I don't know because kids are the same way. They can, they have emotions that they don't know how to handle and it's hard for us to know how to handle them with them. And just, just have patience and listen to what your kids are saying, even though they're not saying it because kids can tell you what they want and what they need. Like my kids will come over to me and they'll just be like on me. And there's some days where I'm just like, I just want space. <laughs> just give me some space. But that's what they they're needing. They're needing to be loved. They're feeling like they need a little bit of extra love that day. And it could have been something that happened at school you know, just that they just sometimes feel that need to be a little extra love. Justin says that to me sometimes. Oh, why are you so needy? Why do you keep, can I just sit here without you holding my hand for five minutes? No, honey, you can't. Sorry. You're, you're married to me and you need to love me because I need to be loved right now. So, <laughs> and I feel like that's how our kids are sometimes. And they're not going to say that to you because they don't know how to say that. Um, but that's just, just have some patience with your kids and listen to them. Uh, what's something that you might do different? When you look back, you're like, I wish I had done this differently. I wish I had said that differently. I wish I had acted differently. I think for me personally, was, it would be to let them grow into who Jesus wants them to be versus me trying to shove them into a mold that I want them to be in. Um, and that's hard because we all have these visions of where we want our kids to, to go and where we want our kids to be in who we want them to grow up to be, and who we want their friends to be. And, and sometimes we just have to not let them run wild, be, I don't mean that, because they all need discipline and love and guidance. But sometimes I needed a little bit less of me and a little bit more of Jesus, and you know, in my life too as well, and being that example for them. And just let them grow into who Jesus wanted them to be. And that's hard. It's hard sometimes to do that. What I would do differently, um, you know, there's many things in life that we sometimes wish we had a redo, but we don't get that. Uh, what I would do differently is um, I would love on my kids more um, physically, hug them and kiss them more. You know, as a young mom, you get so busy with everything all the time. And um, I was raised by a mother that was a wonderful mom. But she was very stoic. She didn't show a lot of emotion. She took very good care of us. I mean, uh, she had five children. And um, she you know, made sure we had clean clothes, clean, clean sheets weekly, um, and good food. She was a great cook. And we always sat around the dinner table together as a family and really enjoyed that. And then she made sure we always had clean ears. How many of you? I, I don't ever hear anybody talking about cleaning their kids' ears today. But we had to take turns laying on her lap, and she'd clean our ears. But she was not a, a, a real 
huggy huggy uh, type of person. And as daughters, you glean from your, your, your mother's parenting skills. And I look back now and I think, well, her, her parents, my grandparents, never even said, I love you. They just knew that you knew it, you know. And so she was raised by, by very stoic people that never said, I love you. I don't even know if they hugged her. So that kind of gave me an understanding. But because it bothered me, I called my son one time and I was explaining to him why I wasn't so huggy-huggy. He goes, Mom. He said, you were a great mom. What are, you, what are you worrying about? And you know, that helped me, but it didn't, it didn't take care of what I didn't do, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe I was harder on myself, and maybe I did more than what I think I did. But that is one thing that I would change, and I'm so different towards my, um, my grandchildren. I mean, uh, hugging and loving and kissing on them all the time. But that's that's the one thing I would change on my point, on my standpoint. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I would do different is I would not get upset over little things. There's so many little things that I like regret getting upset over for my kids. Like, I like. I just like things clean and neat. Like I just—that's just how I am. Don't come I, over. I know. <laughs> Don't come to my house. My kids just—they like their toys and they like them out and they can find their stuff. And I just—it just—it just irritates me so much sometimes. And I need to like—I constantly am trying to remind myself: don't get upset over little things. Don't get upset because they dropped their shoes there. Because that's. What difference is that going to make in the, the long end, you know, like the long run of it? Um, we, in our house, we're very big on saying that we love you and like hugging and kissing our kids. We've just always been like that and we've just always made sure that it's, that's something that's important that our kids feel loved. And so um, that's another thing that I, we try to do is just constantly try to let our kids know that they're loved because it's so important that they, especially now, that kids need to feel that. They need to feel that they're loved. Um, there's so much that goes on in schools where kids are bullied and they may not, other kids may not be feeling that at home. And I feel that if you're showing love in your family, your kids are going to show love to other people. So that's, you know, something that we're trying to do as well. Yeah. We were saying downstairs too that it's a very difficult cycle to break. If you grew up in a home that wasn't loving and it wasn't something that was like ingrained in you, mm -hmm. it's hard to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. It becomes almost like an everyday I don't want to say struggle, but in the beginning, it can be a struggle of learning how mm -hmm. to retrain yourself if that hasn't been poured into your own life. It's difficult to pour that out to others and to your own families as well. Mm -hmm. So if that is something that's, that's your part of your story, try to do that. Try to break that cycle of loving your kids, being vocal and verbal and telling them how much you love them. Um, because if they don't get it at home, they're going to look for that void to be filled. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they might look for it somewhere outside the home. So it's very, very, very important for your kids to know how much you love them and that you hug them and you tell them that. And it's, it can be hard sometimes to do, especially if it's not natural. I'm not naturally like a hugger. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm more like, this is my space, you know, but I had to learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm more like that with my family, with my kids, hugging them, telling them I love them. Not as much with, I still have my circle. But, yeah. but it, you know, at home, you know, let, let your kids know how much that you love them and hug them and 
like Kelly said, or Jenny, I can't remember who said it, don't just assume that they know, mm -hmm. because they might not know. It's great that you, you know, have a good home and, a f and food on the table and things that are clean and you're providing the, the best ever, everything for them, but if they don't know and feel your love, all the rest of that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like in, our, in your life, you look back on what your life was like when you were younger and growing up and there's things that mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this is, this is what I wanna do in my family, this is what I wanna do, I wanna be just like this person. And then there's probably parts in your life, like Jenny had said, where you look back and you're like, this is what my life was like and I absolutely do not want this. Like, maybe your, your dad wasn't there and you're like, I will absolutely not be like that in my family. I'm gonna make it a point to make sure that my family is like that. And so you, you have to find that balance where, you know, find people that, have been good examples for you that you want to be like and things that you don't want to be like. You know, like, I, in my family, my parents separated when I was in eighth grade. My mom was an amazing mom. I never knew if my mom was struggling. I never, I could look back now and tell you, I can't tell you one area where I would have known that because my mom did such a good job of, she dealt with it on her own or with her, you know, friends or family, but never let us see it. And, um, I knew what my dad was like, and so I knew, okay, this is not what I, I want in a husband. I want a husband that's like this, because I would know the opposite. And I feel like that's something that we all have in our lives that, okay, we want to be like this, or we don't want to be like this. And that's kind of like what we're striving to as we're raising our kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I didn't really even realize until <clears throat> just a few years ago, it all kind of clicked for me, you know. What do you hope your children will pass on to their children? I'm hoping and praying that they pass on their Christian morals and values. And, um, and I think they're both doing a good job at that. Um, we, I uh, was telling the ladies downstairs as we were talking, we spent, um, in 2019, before the pandemic hit, we uh, had a wonderful two weeks in South Carolina with our son and daughter-in-law, and we'd never stayed that long before. And now, in looking back, that was all part of God's plan because we have not seen them in three years. They're coming in June, which we're very excited about. But we stayed there for two weeks, and we watched and observed their parenting skills. And I have to say that we both were so impressed. They. Um, Schedules, you know, and I think that's important that you keep a good schedule in your home. They were, they kept their schedule and they have, you know, at that time they had a 17-year-old and a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And they, uh, and what I came away from was that this is a very peaceful home. We were there two weeks. We enjoyed it immensely. There was no strife or no, you know, yelling or carrying on. It was just a wonderful time. We sat around at night and my son played the guitar and Raina, she played the banjo and we, we would, they would sing and we would listen and sometimes sing along if we knew the song, but it was just, just a peaceful home and for that I'm so thankful, you know, that, that it was that way. Um, so I just think that, um, I, I just hope and pray that they, they continue just, uh, um, instilling these values and things into their children. And also, I think being lighthearted in your home, 
having lots of laughter and fun together is, is so important. It helps you in, in all of your relationships in life, your work relationships, your home relationships, and uh, your friends. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll have more of a lightheartedness and um, just enjoy their, their kids that way. I think ours is their, <clears throat> the adults now, just the, you know, our prayers that they are finding godly spouses. Yeah. Lindsay has found one, and you know, Joseph has a wonderful girl that he's dating, and just to see them be able to find somebody that's, that's godly, and that loves God as much as that we do, and uh, we just hope that they would continue with that, and um, finding joy in their future. We want them to be able to, you know, go to church, and as they begin to get married and raise their families, to take their families and their children to church, and teach them like they were, um, going to Sunday school, and so that would be the biggest, I think, joy and blessing would be to see them just grow up the way that they were raised, Amen. and go to church, and not sit around the table and, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya, you know, that's not, <laughs> you know, that's not, you know, but just to enjoy life with their families, their future families, and uh, yeah, to serve you. God and bring their children along with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like that's all what we would all love to see is our children serve the Lord and to pass that on to their children. That's definitely what we would love to see for our kids too, is that they would just, I would love to see for my kids to have like a deep and strong love for God that they just want to worship him and serve him so much so that they want to pass that on to their kids. And I would hope that they would see that in me and Justin um, as an example of how much we love the Lord and how much we want to serve the Lord so much so that they would want that and that they would want that for their families as well. Um, so I have two more questions for you that are surprises. Surprise questions for you. All right. No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Who is another woman in your life that has impacted your life? Can you think of? Well, my mother, she was, you know, she impacted my life greatly. But the, um, we had a pastor's wife that really impacted my life. I watched her closely. I loved her interaction with people. Um, I was a teenager. And I remember thinking, it was my first time that I really wanted to become a pastor's wife because I loved everything I saw in her and I said, Lord, I'd like to be used like that someday. And so it was a pastor's wife that impacted me. Mm -hmm. I know this seems like on Mother's Day the answer to say, but it truly was my mother because when I was born, my parents were very young, had just been you know, married 10 months, um, were not saved, were not Christians, did not raise me in a godly home. But then to see, as I was in my early high school years, my mom accepted the Lord first and my dad shortly afterwards, just to see the growth that God did in their lives was truly, truly amazing. And then just be able to, being older at that point, being able to see how God has worked in their lives and how they turned things over to them. And, you know, my parents are, you know, serving in their church now and are, you know, just wonderful, godly people. And I go to my mom all the time with, with everything. And uh, she's been a, just a huge, huge influence in my life. Um, I actually have two. So one is definitely my mom. My mom, I like hope and pray that I was, that I am like my mom. 
my mom was an amazing mom. She did a great job and she loved her grandkids so much. When Micah was born, oh my gosh, she always wanted a son. So for, for me to have a boy first, it was like an answer to her prayers. I, Michaela's not here, so she's not hearing this. Micah was her favorite, and that was not her first grandchild because um, my niece was born first, but she just, she loved Micah so much. And my children know that. They know that they were loved by her. But that's, I hope that I'm like my mom. But I also, um, so my, the other woman is actually, oddly enough, my husband's mom. I've, I knew my husband our whole lives. We, our church, I grew up like right down the street from their church and our churches were close. We did a lot of stuff together and um, my husband's brother and I were very good friends. Um, so we did a lot of stuff together. So I, we, we knew each other growing up and I was involved in missionettes and his mom was involved in missionettes. And I remember seeing her at events and hearing her speak and thinking, oh, I just, I love her. I love her, her love for the Lord. My mom, my mom loved the Lord, but to see somebody in ministry in a different way, um, his mom actually really impacted my life a lot. And pastor would call me when we first started here at the church, who's your favorite pastor? And I'd say, Becky Kenyon. (laughs) He doesn't ask that question anymore (laughs) because he doesn't like the answer. Um, But she definitely spiritually was a wonderful example um, for me growing up. um, I loved seeing the way that she loved the Lord, the way that she served the Lord. And um, I loved, I still love hearing her preach when we go to visit. I like secretly hope that she's the one preaching that Sunday. (laughs) Uh, My father-in-law is a great pastor too, but I, I just really, really love hearing her preach. She just, she is an amazing preacher. Um, So I was very blessed to that I never ever would have thought that she would have ended up being my mother-in-law. So it's wonderful that she has had such a big impact on my life and is now um, the grandmother to my children. So it's wonderful. Um, All right, here's your last one. You ready, ladies? What's something that you learned from your mom? Uh, How to to be a good cook and and, and to be a good mom. I mean, she was an excellent mother. She was an excellent mother. I think that too, how to be keep, a good keep cook. Keep my ears yeah. clean, yeah. Keep your kids' my, ears my clean mom too, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, like my mom was a phenomenal cook. I love to, you know, she instilled a love for us in food and how to minister through food. And uh, yeah, we yeah, minister a lot yeah. through food. Yeah. And you know, my mom today still, you know, whenever they have something at their church, she's the first one to sign up for, they call them the food trains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, bless somebody else with food. And, and just to, f- you know, I learned from her is just to find the gift that your mother has. And if that's your gifting as well, try to emulate what she did and use that as an example. And one thing I could say about my mom is that she could really pray. Um, whenever we'd gather around before we'd leave to go back to Kansas, we'd all hold hands and she'd pray and there wouldn't be a dry eye there. She just was a wonderful prayer warrior. I definitely learned a lot from my mom. Definitely cooking is one of them. My mom was, my mom was Polish, so it's very similar to Italian with the food. Like, and German. Like, yeah, like, you cook, you feed people. Like, that's, 
pull it. They feed lots, you lots, lots of, of food. food. Yeah. Lots so that's, and that's like, we're going to heal you with food. <laughs> like, that's just kind of how it is. That's what we do in the church. You're oh, sad. Here's a bowl of soup. Yep, exactly. Oh, you somebody know. died here. Let oh, me give you tons yeah. of food, even though you don't want to eat. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I definitely learned cooking and baking from my mom. Um, that's one of the things that I love about making pumpkin rolls. My mom taught me how to do that. So that's one of my favorite things to do. And there's like certain things uh, like Justin's family, you know, when we go, oh, we, we're going out for Easter. Uh, no, we don't go out for Easter. We cook at home and we have ham and we have sweet potatoes and we have potato salad because that's what we always had my entire life. Like that's, that's what we do. Like there's just like those certain things and there's things that I make, I make macaroni salad and whenever I make it and I'll give, I always give some to my sister and she's like, oh, tastes like moms, tastes just like moms. Like there's just certain things that just remind you so much of your mom. But one of the things that I definitely learned from my mom was um, prayer and fasting. I, I remember as like a younger kid, I didn't really know what fasting was. I didn't know what that meant. All I knew, oh, you, you just don't eat for a while. And my mom had told me about it. She had um, her best friend growing up. Her son wasn't serving the Lord. He was my age. And I remember going to school with him and he had all kinds of issues. And my mom would say, every Wednesday, we, we fast every Wednesday. And I'm like, well, why, mom? And she says, we're fasting for Joanne's son. And I said, for what? She says that he's going to come to know the Lord. For years, for as long as I could remember, every single Wednesday, my mom would fast with her best friend. And her son is serving the Lord now. Like, in his church, their family, their daughters in Christian school, absolutely wonderful. Like, and it's, it may have taken years and years and years, but it happened. And that's something that... I like my mom taught me that prayer and fasting that it works and it's honestly thankfully my mom was able to see it before she passed away saw him serving the Lord and all that so she saw the fruits of you know her prayer and fasting but that's one thing that I'm so glad that my mom taught me that I you know obviously would have learned about prayer and fasting someplace else but to actually see it you know in person and see the product of that amen you have anything else you want to share anything in your notes that you didn't get to share no? You're all good? Anything else you want to share? No? Thank you for letting us share with you today. We really Thank appreciate you. being up here. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.